Hello, we're back. I hope everyone's doing okay. You're all hydrated and uh, calmed your tits. Yes, the uh, the calamity that is the memories has been uh, uh, quaffed. That's not a word, <laughs> but I'm making it up. It means calmed and uh, uh, you know assuaged. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those podcasts. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Striga's been delivered. It's fine. <sighs> oh, a little smush. And you've Thank got your goodness fishy. for that. Okay. Right. It's a good, it's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. I hope you're well. Um, this is our... Through Our Eyes podcast, which I haven't changed the actual um, title. title, so uh, <laughs> that's, that's going well. Um... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just done. Okay, <laughs> today is just one of those days. Yeah, that was it, guys. That was <laughs> See it. You in the nice, next one. nice podcast, guys. Uh, hope you had fun. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> See you next time. Yep, yep. Cool. <laughs> right. It's all right. A fish is just being murdered in the background. Oh, no. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good job, Strigger. Welcome to Through Our Eyes um, with your hosts. Drac, which is I, and that way. Nope, that way. <laughs> Somewhere. I'm Arthurus, hi! <laughs> I exist somewhere in this realm. In Discord, it's the opposite way. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, just, just I, I know that feels annoying. <laughs> right. Do you need a moment, Drac? I just, I, I, I think I need a millennia. Um, oh! <laughs> another! Jeez! <laughs> um, the podcast is um, something that we do to highlight the stories of marginalised creators and um, the things that they have been through, uh, help educate, um, maybe shed some light on some things that often aren't talked about, and it is in joint with the big awesomeness that is the through our eyes streams that is every two months one mm. coming up on saturday yep which is hosted by arthramus tell us a bit about that arthramus so the one coming up on saturday is our second through our eyes stream and uh, not to be outdone by the first one we decided to make this one two hours longer because we're very smart uh but as such <laughs> it will be hosted by myself and mouse was taken it's an LGBTQIA plus special where we are also going to be raising £2,500 for the Mermaids, who are a UK-based charity who sort of help provide support to the families of gender non-conforming children. So, you know, children who may think they are on the LGBT spectrum, but maybe aren't sure. Children who are trans and need some support with that. And their families who may also not know how to deal with that. So they are an incredible charity. We're really excited to be supporting them. But yes, that is on Saturday from 12pm GMT till 10pm GMT with 30 guests. Yes, a range of 30 guests all across, uh, you know, the LGBTQIA plus sphere. Cool. 
Um, and uh, I'll also be on that. So, hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Hello> <laughs> um, so, today we have the wonderful Dragon Freaky with us. Tell us a bit about yourself, Dragon Freaky, and oh, kind of get I'm... some linkage in the chat. I I'm bad at this point. <laughs> So, yeah, well, hi, I'm Dragon Freaky for the people that doesn't know it yet. Uh, I stream casually. I want to have a schedule, but I can't. So I am actually planning to do, like, on the day schedule. Like, if I if I post on, on Twitter, then I'm going to go live, you know, something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Casual games like Phasmophobia, uh, recently Vintage Story, which is like a Minecraft game, but more hardcore. Um, next to cool. that. Yeah, it'd be really but next to that, <laughs> I uh, I do a lot of programming. I actually uh, finished a graduating uh, game developer, even though the study itself was really really bad. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But and I I, <laughs> I actually program a lot. I also made a little Discord bot that is still uh, being programmed. So that's uh, yeah, that that's pretty much me. Next to having also PTSD, which I will talk about soon, and I married. I recently actually had my anniversary. Oh, <laughs> thank you! Actually, our anniversary weekend we went away. We are five years married. Oh, congrats! <laughs> thank you. And uh, I believe your other half is actually going to be on the next I stream on Saturday yes. as well. <laughs> yes, so we're keeping it in yeah. the family. Actually, thanks to her, I actually learned recently as well to be on that little topic as well that I'm also asexual. So that's actually a pretty nice discovery, if I say so myself, because it, it made so much sense and things, and I feel like, oh man, <laughs> and I I just felt relieved, and yeah, it's it's just uh, it's just amazing. So these are an awesome help, and she's definitely going to be uh, an awesome guest on the uh, on the uh, on the event. I can talk today. <laughs> it's okay. Neither can we. I think that's been yeah, this one's going to be a written interview, not a recording. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh... <laughs> I have I have seen a bunch of comments asking about the various plushies. Do you want to give us a little lowdown on who we've got about? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, well this one is uh, it's like a mini uh, dick dick. It's like a uh, Dutch uh, figurine of a little, well, fat orange cat, which is a <laughs> little bit lazy, uh, but it, it's really adorable as well. It's like a child's uh, story. Um, I actually got it in the hospital when I was hospitalized. Uh, I actually have a bigger one over there as well. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. a smaller one next to that. <laughs> this one uh, was the first one that I got the first time in the hospital. That was for the second one when I got my gallbladder removed. And this one actually was... Um, originally planned for the birth of my nephew and i was like oh my god that's so adorable when we got it in and mystery actually ordered a second one to give to me oh. <laughs> and since then it has been resting on my uh, on my microphone cute but that's that one <laughs> we, we have like <laughs> a little shock over here that's from the ikea that, that we i the, the convincing oh, part a blahage or something like that yeah yeah it, it's actually a, a, a Whole full Small hash. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, a I know pretty somebody big one as well. To those, so. <laughs> uh, 
It's actually a funny story on that one because um, originally Mystery said like, no, no, we're not going to take him home and stuff, you know. We get, I got a weakness for policy. She does as well, but she has more control than I do. But when I said that I had a name for it, which was Tony, <laughs> Tony Shark, she was sold. Instead of St Tony Stark, I call uh, it Tony Shark. I like it. <laughs> And then you have her favorite plushie, which is a little crocodile. They call it Dilly for her childhood reasons. <laughs> really adorable because of Peter Pan. You have like uh, the little shark, or not the shark, the crocodile, mm -hmm. with the clock in there. And she always called it Dilly <laughs> on the television when she was younger. So hence the, the name for that one. And then the little turtle on top of that, I called it Hoodie because it's on top of me. <laughs> and then we have a sloth as well. Yeah, this is my most important one. <laughs> this is actually my little uh, mascot as well. He's called Pinky. Uh, the reason for that is when I got it gifted, when I got affiliated by, uh, by Twitch, I got it gifted by Mystery. It came out of the box like this, with this pink up. And I, I thought it was like a malfunctioning like thing, you know? It, it corrected itself eventually over time. But I was like, oh my god, that's so adorable. I gotta call him Pinky. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a very British thing, is to drink with your pinky out as well. So maybe it's just oh, yes. a British sloth. <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely liked it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's uh, some of the plushies that I have. I have way too many more. But that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a story for a different time. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Uh, if anyone would like to submit questions for Dragon Freaky um, during the podcast as we're talking, please feel free to use the um, uh, channel points redemption um, and we will get to them when we can. Um, there is a section later on um, uh, in the podcast where we answer audience questions. But let's get on with it shall we um yeah. so first question is tell us your story what brought you here today well that began when i was born no but uh to, to get real over here um there be i mean uh is it okay if I just uh, put it out what it is? Like, is there some certainty that we don't want to talk about? Uh, just making sure that I don't trigger... I mean, uh, there's with the podcast, there's always a trigger warning. We are talking about sensitive okay. topics. Yeah. We're talking about marginalized creators. We're talking about things yeah. that aren't necessarily often talked about. It's got... It, I mean, it is without a doubt, there's going to be trigger issues for certain yeah. people. Oh, okay. If you feel... Uh, triggered by anything that is talked about please step away from the podcast go uh, uh look after yourself and um uh obviously come back if you feel you are able but it's entirely understandable so go yep. go all out in in whatever <laughs> aspect it is that you are w wishing to talk about that's within the terms I of just, service uh, of twitch uh, <laughs> just uh... <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> just, uh, just making hundred percent sure. You know, I don't want to trigger anyone there by uh, without a warning. Same goes so, for you as well. If anything gets it. too triggering during our conversation today, yes, let us know, and yeah. then we need to take a break. Step away. We can always take a break. Yeah. 
Yes, so that will be all right. I, I don't know how it will go, but we, we will see. Maybe I will get serious. Maybe we will not. That's always, <laughs> that's always like a, a dice roll uh, for that. Uh, but yeah, to, to get straight to the point, um, I was sexually abused around age of 12-ish around that, around that age. It's like still a little bit blurry when it was since it's been such a long time ago. Um, I have actually stuffed that away back then. Uh, like, I didn't know what happened. I didn't think much about it. I stuffed it away. When I was about 15, I actually met the guy in particular that did this to me. And just hearing his voice uh, was all that was needed to actually train rush everything into my mind back again. And, well, I literally felt like I was hit by a truck or something. I was, I was really overwhelming. And ever since then, it, it um, slowly grew on me. Like, as, I suppose as a tumor that, that just wouldn't go away. I didn't trust people. I couldn't talk with people enough. I... I never really had a person that was like i can tell you about it mm. um people that experienced similar situation did feel the uh, how's it called the, the trust to tell me just naturally even though we knew each other like one hour or something they just felt like i can tell you about it and i always felt relatable uh because of my own story i never told it because i back then i couldn't it's been a really really long journey and a difficult journey get to the point um, where I actually met Mystery. <laughs> That's the story that I told, uh, told during the uh, True Eyes, where um, uh, she pretty much poked through my mask. Like, people know how to usually wear a mask to, to cover their real feelings, their real emotions, and things like that. She, she poked right through it. And I, if there's something I really hate is when, uh, to give a little bit more context, she messaged me over phone. If, if something is really hate is when I suddenly get a, a message from people that I barely know and they suddenly have my phone number because a friend gave them to them, you know, and it's without my consent, things like that. I, I really get frustrated. So I was ready to brush her off, like, right away when she said, like, hey. I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing that she said, like, you act all happy and stuff like that, but I can see right through it, you're... You're not as much as you appear to be. And that, that interested me. Because I was the first person in all those years. And actually up front. Also confronted me with it. Like. I see you. You know. Just, just the whole idea of. I see you. Not the outside. You. And that. That's. It, it intrigued me. You know. And then I, I kept talking with her. And, and things like that. And. One thing led to another, and I told her that I was uh, dealing with a pretty hefty weight on my shoulders and, and pretty dark as well because it was years of build up anger, uh, sadness, aloneness, uh, of like loneliness. That was the most killing part as well, just being so lonely in there because I couldn't trust anyone. And quite frankly, I didn't have that, that um, family relationship either with my family. So there wasn't really a point either that I could like feel comfort in. And when I told her that, like, you know, like I I don't know, I want to tell something about it. I definitely do. I was reaching my breaking point and she came off obviously right on the right moment. I I reached a breaking point that was 
it was overwhelming. Like my thoughts was overrunning. It was like a bucket being like not not just a um a drop, just a whole freaking waterfall was going over the bucket, you know. It, it was mm-hmm. it was reaching my limit. I couldn't. And I I yeah, I told her like I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when I say I'm afraid. I'm I was legit afraid. And <laughs> at that point did you know what was um what the cause was that did you know that you had PTSD or did you did you not were you trying to get grips with that? Yeah, not specifically PTSD. I knew what happened like the trauma. Yeah. I knew that. I didn't really specifically knew about the PTSD. So when I um, told her that, like, I don't know what will happen, she said the most confident thing that I ever heard in my life, and it's still one of the most comforting things that I can hear to this day, is like, I will hug you, <laughs> no matter what. And she did. <laughs> Quite frankly, actually, she did. Uh, to really summarize it shortly, uh, on the moment that I actually told her, I actually saw it growing black over my eyes and it was the most terrifying thing in my life because I really felt like my emotions, my rage, my everything was taking over me. And she hugged me. And suddenly I felt like a rush of love, like feeling not being alone and warmth and so on. And then the next thing I knew, I was actually seeing all kind of water because I was tearing up like hell. <laughs> So yeah, I, I hacked her and ever since then we, we created a bond and not long after that we actually got us in a relationship and it's the best freaking relationship I ever had. Oh, That's when my <laughs> healing process started. <laughs> See, we, we talked about it over time and like it was because of the full release out of a sudden I was really fine for quite a while uh, till I actually encountered the, the, the guy again. And that, that, that's a fairly mild version that I can say about it. <laughs> I, I encountered him again and I thought I was fine. I was not. I got a gigantic panic attack. Uh, she came rushing to me as soon as she knew. And she helped me. I was during my work as well. So she helped me finish my work. And then we talked about it more. And she mentioned the fact that it might be PTSD. And that terrified me. If you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. what was the meeting? Was it a, a, just a chance meeting or? Sort of. Like, uh, to give a little bit more context, I was doing a meal. I was bringing a meal around to house to house. And I actually got to his street, to his house specifically right. as well. Okay. And. You know, there was a lot of time passing over it, and he is already, well, pretty much an adult that that would have probably moved out, is what I hoped for. Mm. That was not the case. Right. (laughs) He one time came outside to ask if there was some meal specifically for his house. He was actually standing really close in front of me. And that was terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm happy chance meeting. Yeah, that was actually the second time that I encountered him because the first time I actually saw him moving out of his car was was a very large distance. That's when I actually got my panic attack. And the second time when it was really close to me, I thought I was fine. I was not there after like a week or something. It it hit me. It it hit me real hard as well. Mm. And that's when, yeah, the conversation happens with, with mystery about PTSD. 
Um, I eventually went to uh, therapy, like I went to my um, local uh, doctor and asked about it. You know, like I also told it, it was actually the second time I actually told ever what happened to me. And the way he handled that was really comforting as well. Like he, he, he looked at me for a second. Then he instantly grabbed through his phone uh, records, you know, like all the numbers. And he picked out one of the therapists he thought it would be the best for me. And then he explained to me, like, EMDR and things like that. And I was, I was really comforting. He's a really awesome, awesome doctor. Like, I'm really mm -hmm. lucky to have him as my area, local doctor over here. And, yeah, that, that kind of starts the journey about the EMDR. And... um. The first uh, therapist um, wasn't uh, like an advanced EMDR-trained uh, person. So they, they can do mild cases, and for me, it was quite a severe case as well. So she referred me eventually to a uh, more advanced person that was more exper expertised in there. And I went there in secret. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't really want to, like uh, mentioned before, I, I never really opened up to them. I don't have that kind of relationship with them. I find it really hard. Uh, so th that, was, that was nice. <laughs> Once in a month or twice a month. I don't know exactly when anymore. Uh, like how often. It, it, it's been years ago by now. And it really helped me. It was really tough as well. Like definitely it it's gave me headaches as well and things like that but the thing that bothered me the most was because I was living in the village where it happened uh, there's a specific spot in the um, in my village where you drive out to usually the highway and things like that it's like 90% of the times when you get out of the village you pass that, that point right. and that was exactly the point where it happened to me so that was also very very confronting through all those years and still is uh, from time to time. Uh, actually, something really nice and powerful also happened with uh, Mystery because he was doing a lot of photographs. And he was kind of bummed out about not having like a nice photo that day. And I told her, like, I know, I know a place. The, the sun was also awesomely set, <laughs> obviously. You know, like the whole day was perfectly set for that. We, I uh, drove her to the place. She didn't know that that was actually the spot. She knew what happened to me, but she didn't know where. And um, so I told her, like, this is this area is where it happened. And she found. I said, like, I want to make a photo of me sitting here after all those years. I fucking boss it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was like, I'm. I'm done with this shit, you know, I, I've been doing that for over the years, and I was like, I, I don't no longer want this place to have power over me. And then she said, like, okay, well, um, go sit over here, exactly on the spot where it happened. She didn't know that. And I started tearing up, and she made one of the most beautiful pictures she ever made of me, because there was actually real emotions. There was no mask, there was nothing, it was just me in a photo. And... I told her then, like, this was exactly the spot where it happened. And she was a little bit shocked, but at the same time, she, she felt proud because I was able to do that. And she was proud that she was actually allowed to make a picture like that. 
that moment. And I'm very proud of her that she is a very talented photographer. <laughs> that, that is that, that is a really beautiful story of you <laughs> kicking that in the ass. Is the nicest way to put it. Just yeah, like <laughs> I can imagine that was a really difficult day. But to choose to go back there and to actually create something beautiful out of that emotion—that is a, such an incredible way to deal with it. And obviously, we we haven't known each other too long, but I'm incredibly <laughs> proud of you for like Thank you. <laughs> being able to go back and look at that and take it for yourself is amazing and like mystery sounds like an incredible person like Thank absolutely you. fantastic the the, the <laughs> way the way you explain it makes me fall in love with her so <laughs> i was gonna say um like, are you hiring them out by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, it, I, it sounds like you've got something incredibly special and i'm very glad that you found each other Thank you. Yeah, I, I really feel the same. I hear a lot of people that they're uh, like, not to brag about it or anything, but it's legit. Like a lot of people say they're jealous of our relationship. And at this point, I'm, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to own it as well. You know, <laughs> they, see, yeah, she's just the love of my life. We're, I really feel like she's my soulmate. We might have married early and even maybe shortly in a relationship, but it was the best decision I ever did in my life. Next I mean, to asking her if she wants to be my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> On the most nerdy way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I think Arthemis has pretty summed up my uh, uh, response to that as well. It just seems <laughs> like you dealt with that in the most positive way. And having, I, I identify with your experience quite significantly and the idea that you have claimed that back for yourself and that you have been able to basically stop that person having power over you through places and and meetings and and your entire village um, <laughs> is is extremely extremely impressive and admirable um so just, just remember that in those in i know there's going to yeah. be it's not a like yeah. solid oh you're cured now it's all good no 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 of course not um, no there's totally like a lot more to it than the, just that but yeah <laughs> in those dark times remember to tell yourself that definitely because, like yeah. yeah like um like I mentioned in the previous tour, ice uh, event, I mentioned that I wasn't actually depressed for a really long time, except for the part that, that I was a tiny bit depressed and I didn't get my job extension, you know, <laughs> like the hour <laughs> extension. Um, I must add to that, I got a little bit depressed this week uh, because of recent events in this house, um, but it, it's nothing like severe it's gonna take forever, you know, like that, that, that little pot, that, that little well where people usually sit in, I've been there a lot as well. I freaking threw sand in it and I just sit on top of it and I, I'm like, no man, I'm not going back in there. To <laughs> <laughs> just put it really bluntly. And it's been a really long road. Like, uh, of course I reclaimed the place, but being constantly back in the village and around it, depending on how you feel and how you stand up, it's also still a constant fear. 
possible uh, on the surface, which was true for a long while as well after that photo. Uh, till not too long ago, because I was really, really done with all bullshit in this world. <laughs> to put it real simple, I was really, really done. I'm still tired, you know, don't get me wrong. I still, I'm still tired, I'm still exhausted and things like that. But one thing I refuse to do is being utterly depressed and I'm going to be so negative uh, that, that I'm just punishing myself. Like, if I'm going to be depressed like last week, it's going to be for... Um, reasons that is not myself so to give a little bit more context uh when we had a lovely weekend away we we finally came back home and uh the housing situation is not that great i live with my parents to get away mystery um uh when we talk about uh, things like corona they don't really believe in it they they really take the shit out of it legit and it really pisses me a mystery off especially because everyone in this house is actually uh, a risk factor, you know, uh, me because of my, uh, uh, what's it called again? Hopefully. Pancreas, thank you, sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have pancreatitis, uh, very severe, which is uh, also, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's also like a different story on its own, but yeah, I'm I'm quite a risk group as well. So I'm really taking uh, precautions, you know, uh, cleaning my hands and things like that. I try to do the, the best that I can. When we got home, like the first thing, we weren't home for five seconds, and my my mother said, like, "Yeah, you you better stay away from me. I got fever, high fever." And I was like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" And I was like, "Okay, that's one thing, you know, can it happen." Next to the fact that she usually looks uh, like. See, see, finds people that has fever as well to, to like, I don't know, sniff it or something. You know, it's, it's weird. To really put it bluntly, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> like a simple idea. Like, fever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, <laughs> kicking fox parties, try and get the kids sick early so they don't deal with it later in life. Just exactly, like, something like that. Or so. I, I don't know. See, <laughs> so she thinks it's immune or something. I don't know. COVID, go on. Yeah. So she said that. So the, naturally, the first thing I ask is like, did you mad? Did you test or did you make an appointment for a test? She's like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not done for that yet. I was like, bitch, excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I naturally stayed away. I haven't been downstairs for like two days now, <laughs> which is nice. Well, we went downstairs once to to get her food and drinks, and then go back upstairs, stay there. Uh. But, but yeah, so that, that, that's fun, and that's like literally the first thing that you hear in, in the five seconds that you get back home after a fairly lovely weekend. I was like, well, that, that's a nice bump to have on your face, you know? <laughs> I guess so that, better that, than two hours after you've given her a hug, you know? Possibly <laughs> no, that, that, slightly I'm better. actually pretty glad on moments like these that I don't really hurt her or anything, so I naturally stayed away from her already. <laughs> she she was like good, yeah. <laughs> extra dramatic on the, on the couch, like... You know, <laughs> so that uh, that also helps. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so that that bomb dropped, and that's kind of what got me depressed because I'm freaking scared, I'm I'm stressed, and everything like that. And I didn't I didn't like get gradually in, you know, like get a little bit um uh, get a little bit back in in the atmosphere in this house and things like that. No, it's like a huge ass bomb with a rock on it. Like deal with it. <laughs> so. I have that right now, so that's a lot of stress, and I can, like, focus on things like that. But the one thing I refuse, even during these times, 
is to blame myself or say that I'm worthless or anything like that. I refuse. Mm -hmm. If if anything, after all these years, I'm I'm proud that I can say that I'm a strong person and that I got really far for what I have experienced and that I refuse to go back there. I will stay strong. I will straight stay true to myself and just you know, rocket. <laughs> I suppose. Sounds like you're doing it. It sounds like you're doing it. And I mean, there's so much other <laughs> crap we deal with in this world. It's, you, you, we don't have to hate ourselves as well. Exactly, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have time for that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> to just put it very simply, that's what I usually say myself nowadays. It's like, I don't have time for this crap as well. Like, people being scared that something comes across uh, maybe hatefully or something when it goes over chat. And I can totally understand, you know, everyone reads differently and like, a different interpretation. But I naturally now, it's what I learned myself, is to keep things natural. And if I find that something sounds offensive, I'll just ask them, do you mean it offensive? Because if you do, then I will respond offensive back, you know, but if not, then that thing is wrong. And it's i feel like it's a little bit of a unique feel, feel on that and i hope people can share a feel like that you know that that it is already enough bullshit going on you know you don't have to fear your friends or yourself anymore like it, yeah your biggest friends can you yourself can be your biggest friend and you can your biggest enemy can be yourself as well to, to like put a little bit like that and i chose to not be enemies anymore and just be friends with myself and that, that helped. <laughs> so I feel like this is uh, probably going to be um, answered in uh, the next question. So I, uh, I was wanting to direct it to this is um, your PTSD. Um, how how has it affected your life? What what has been um, your symptoms? What have been you know, like um, the effects? that it has had um and what has helped you in that like how have you managed to make those decisions and yeah. come to those conclusions because i mean it's all well and good saying yeah i've chosen to to just deal with it uh, yeah, no, no, that, fuck off. that's the short road. You yeah, know, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a lot of people always tell you, you know, yeah, just no, definitely. be happy or <laughs> just to kill. <laughs> yes, yes. But that took me 15 years. Uh, <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, there's, there's a lot of steps in between that. So tell us, tell us about well, a bit about did. those things. Yeah, it actually did take about 15 years when I, when I look back at it. Yeah, yeah I'm old. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, to like uh, tell the things that I experienced, like everyone experienced PTSD on their own way. Like some have nightmares, some have flashbacks, some um, get concentration problems. You, you, you can have like a, a whole spectrum of problems and everyone can like handpick their own out of there and be like, this is my PTSD, you know? For me, that has been mostly nightmares. Um, waking up screaming from time to time, uh, th at least that used to be. Uh, I'll actually just <laughs> say what I experienced so far. Uh, it's like nightmares, concentration problems a lot, uh, which is uh, eventually I got classes for, which I will come back later to. 
concentration problems, trust issues, a lot of trust issues. Um, one and thing how did those that manifest? I um, there's all sorts of ways trust issues can occur. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> like uh, distance uh, issues, like having people close to me. Like you, you know, you have like your personal bubble around you. Mm. My personal bubble was really big for especially people that I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a class that I followed before that, that you had like to stand in, uh, against um, uh, on the other side of each other and be like, you say stop when you want people to not come closer to you. The person on the other side of me could only stand one step and I would have said stop. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not getting any closer. So that was my personal issue. When I got friends and people that I trusted, like there was like a feeling that I can't really describe, I suppose. It's like you just do like an mm -hmm. instinct. Uh, those people could usually get closer, but um, that was also in the same study, one specific uh, friend because teacher was getting issues with me for the fact that I didn't trust people and a friend of mine uh, said like uh, well like listen this guy has clearly issues like even me I'm his best friend on, on this class right now even me when I put my hand on his knee and he did and I felt so uncomfortable you could even see it on my face he said like he's he will feel incredibly in uncomfortable and I only do this just to, to demonstrate so don't push his limits. You know, I, I really like that guy. It was really nice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's good that, that you've had somebody stand up for you. And I guess that does make the fact that mystery was just sort of like able to hug you even more powerful. Yeah, that, definitely. That, that, that trust was just there. Exactly. The, her trust was one of the most natural trust I have ever experienced. And still to this day, it was really amazing. Uh, but yeah, before meeting her, I always also felt very lonely because I never shared my story. So that, that also came with the PTSD. I felt very lonely and um, cold, I suppose. Like my, my, my to, to really talk like emo and depressing, like my heart felt like a black hole. Like no love would fill it, you know? <laughs> it, it, it was, it was one of the most terrifying and the most painful things that I experienced in my life was loneliness. And I believe that is one of the most issues that happens uh, in life is that people, when they feel lonely, that things just go, can go really bad. Yeah. And I have noticed moments that when I was really, really down and because of the loneliness that, that, that you know, I wouldn't be here anymore if, if I wasn't stopped by myself or, you know, I'm, I'm. A little bit spiritual in, in a sense, like I, I believe in the spiritual world, things like that, and like a, a spirit guide. And I really, really feel like my spirit guide stopped me at one moment when I was really on my lowest and darkest point. And that was also one of my scariest moments that, that I didn't feel anything anymore. I legit didn't feel anything anymore. And... I'm not fully going to describe the, the, the events because I feel like that can really be a, a major trigger point next to the things that we already spoken about. But I, I, I couldn't even feel my body anymore. It, it, it literally, if I wasn't stopped there, then I don't know what would happen. And I don't want to think about it either. You know, I, I, I was stopped. I, I felt like that. And after that, when, when I came back to my senses, I felt so terrifying because I was the loneliest I've ever felt. Uh, that was just a pure void. So, yeah, that that's that came with my PTSD alongside. 
which was very nice. <laughs> so, as we, yeah, not to interrupt you, but as we've said, if anything does become triggering for you or for anyone listening or watching, do take a break for a minute and make sure you're comfortable to carry on because it's a, it's a serious thing and these are real things that have happened to you and we don't want you to end up in any scary situations because we're talking on the internet. Like, no, no, no. That's, there that's are more serious true. things. And also, okay. we don't want this where you're taking a step to share your story like this with us and to try and shed some light on things for it then to trigger you to such a point that it actually detriments you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 definitely. Not for no, the sake definitely. of content, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it doesn't apply to me at least. Like, I, I can definitely tell uh, what happened um, if you guys want to know. Like, I have no problem telling about it and I feel like... Well, at the same hand, like, we, just like you said, there's a warning that there's going to be trigger issues yeah. uh, that, that can be happening. So the thing that happened was, um, to give a little bit more context, it was an evening where I was out uh, with a bar with some classmates and things like that. I, I parked my car somewhere and it got towed away because some asshole put his car against the other side of the street and my car got towed away because it, people couldn't move to the, uh, to the street anymore. Right. Fucking asshole. Very Anyways. <laughs> So when that evening I searched my car for a really long time and eventually um, I managed to get a phone call. My phone died, obviously, because why the hell not? You know, the evening wasn't with shit. <laughs> because when things happen, they all happen at one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, now it's going to be the day, you know? <laughs> so some days you just get out of bed and go, oh, fuck, it's going to be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know? <laughs> You're gonna have a shitty day, or you're gonna know it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I learned that my car got towed away, and the 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 place where it got towed to was on the other freaking side of the city, and I had to run towards it. So I kept running like crazy, you know, like I've never run that much, and I don't have a real high condition or anything like like stamina. I mean, like <laughs> I don't really have a lot of that, so that was a really tough challenge. But at one point. I got so depressed about it, even like, of course, this shit has to happen as well, you know, like piled on top of the fucking shit show that you can't even see anymore. Put a flag on it, you know, and um, I was approaching a, a real road and I hit a train in the far distance. I snapped. My mind snapped and it was terrifying. The only thing I could still see was, was the far distance. Like, I didn't even see the tra train track yet. I just knew it was approaching. I just ran. I have never ran so hard in my life. And I was... I wanted to say I was terrified, but I wasn't. I, I was literally... There was nothing. It was just purely void, and I was running. And I could feel my body just extending beyond this limit to run as fast as I can. And when I saw the train road, I got close... I slowed down and I cried like hell and I realized what the hell I was doing and I was so terrified. The train passed in front of me, like like a far distance, not like really close or anything, like, but it was incredibly terrifying and on that moment I was like, I never want to feel like this again. I just don't. 
And I don't know how I will do it, but I won't. I, I refuse. So, <laughs> yeah, I pass on. I eventually got my car and a lot of shit further, you know. Shitty night. And, you know, life continued. Eventually, not too long after that, like a few months later, I believe, I started to meet Mystery. And that's that, like, that event also contributed to my breaking point for my PTSD. Like, it, it really, really got, like, to the shit high storm. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, if I'm not going to share it now, I'm going to explode and I'm going to go mental or whatever. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe we'll fall down and just be like, nope, I'm done. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Anything could have happened. And, uh, yeah, that's when I met Mystery. And then the, the things continued from there on. Um, some therapists and Mystery were also during the process over the years after my therapy as well. I was afraid of my um, negativity and depression and things like that, that I would be suicidal. I had moments maybe that, that I perhaps like that, that it crossed my mind, but I would never, ever dare to, to execute it or anything like that. And I also made sure that my therapist and mystery as well, like, I don't fucking dare. You're here for me. You saved me from my PTSD shitstorm. You gave me love, you know, I finally know how it's not to feel alone. How the heck can I do it to you? Specifically to her and all the friends. To give them, like, uh, to take away a part of their, their heart, the, the feeling that I share with other people that they are not alone. And take away myself out of that. I, I couldn't. And that's, that's, no matter how shit I felt, I just refused. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I, I rather just went to bed early or anything, just to sleep it off, than to do anything weird or anything. It's, it's yeah. So, it, yeah. Suicidal things that also came along with PTSD. That's, that's fun. <laughs> to feel like that. Um, to give a little bit more, to get a little bit more back on the symptom things, uh, things that triggered me were, like, the village, you know, like, the village where it happened, uh, certain memories could trigger it more. Uh, EMDR definitely, like, they cut the connections that they have, so that they become more memories instead of, like, being on top of the, the um, on front of, you know, like you experienced it just moments ago. It, it's, yeah, so triggering things like that. Um, one thing that I know is, like, um, certain reasons why the first season and I don't know if people watched it, but when what happened to Hannah was one of the toughest things I have ever watched. And uh, I had troubles watching that series in general because of lot, m multiple mixed emotions there. Like, I, I bet a lot of people can relate to at least some of what the series showed. Um, yeah, so that, that's also things like visual things. Uh, when, when I mentioned earlier, my glasses is also a thing. I um, I noticed that, that my concentration problems, I noticed when I put my sunglasses on, they go mostly away. But I'm not going to wear my sunglasses in the house, you know, especially when it's <laughs> dark. I'm not. I'm going to not look at... I know I have a bright monitor or anything, but I even have, like, <laughs> applications to, to smoothen the light over the, the time of day, you know, like nighttime, before it became mainstream. <laughs> oh, I, I see. You're an eye wellness hipster. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> that is a hipster of everything these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, so the glasses, you know, like eventually I was like, okay, maybe I should get my eyes checked. They're, they're all like not far off, like minus two or something like nothing major and mostly far distance. Uh, a lot of things made sense when I did that. Like I, I put on the, the things and I was like, oh my God, I see the world in high definition now. <laughs> and you don't know when it's high definition when you don't have something to compare to. <laughs> wait, wait, trees have <laughs> oh my god, it has details, my hands, you know? Is it, <laughs> is it a blob? What? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was something like that. But when I uh, started to test out some um, uh, glasses, you know, to, to see which one would fit me, I had a lot of trouble with it as well because the, the guy in particular also had glasses the last time I saw him. That was really hard, especially this one specifically, because that reminded me him the most. That was also the one that looks the best in this shop. <laughs> so I had lots of problems with it. I, I had to breed a few good times. Um, Mystery was there a lot to comfort me as well. Took it slowly, and eventually I got, I got the glasses. And Oh man, getting the glasses for the first time, everything feels out of bounds, you know? <laughs> Like doors are suddenly a lot closer than you remember <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> yeah. So that was the things to get used to. And uh, it uh, improved my concentration a lot. So that uh, I still have, um, mostly with work, I am slower than probably the average person, depending on the type of work. When it comes to programming, I'll, I will sit there all night and not realize five hours has passed. And I've done it pretty rapidly. <laughs> mm. But but when it comes to simple things like um, I don't know, like working in a, in a grocery store or anything, I'm I'm slow as heck. Like I'm I'm awfully slow. <laughs> a grandma will be faster than me, you know. <laughs> so those were also things that that kind of led from um, PTSD as well, because I usually managed to space out a little bit, because that, that's how I dealt with a lot of things uh, in between. Uh, the, before the recovery and during the recovery. Now I have a lot less as well because of my concentration with the glasses. I don't always put them on. Sometimes I'm just lazy and forgot about them. <laughs> but it, it's not like that I'm blind or anything. I can still see. It, it's just, you know, instead of uh, 1080p, it's going to be like 480p or something, you know. <laughs> Everything's is <a> 720. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't have that anymore these days, you know, only feel a 4K these days. But <laughs> so, yeah, that, that that's also like things for me with with um with my PTSD, what, what happened to me. Um, I'm mostly glad to, to like share a little bit what, what has fallen off by now. After all the long time of recovery and, and therapy and so on, um, I don't have nightmares as often as anymore. Sometimes when I just feel shit or sometimes my mind is like, hey, are you remember this? <laughs> Let's give you a nightmare, you know? It, it, it can still happen sometimes, but I don't, um, like, mystery know that's the most. I never knew that, obviously, because, you know, I was forever alone before I met mystery. <laughs> I, I shivered a lot in my, in my sleep, um, especially during lots of nightmares. I, she told me that I could make uh, sad noises, you know, like, shiver a lot mm. but she also said like when she would stroke my hair or like hug me or anything that, that i instantly would feel better and i could tell as well when she told that the next day 
when my dreams got better, you know, <laughs> when it got less like a shit show. Uh, the, the nightmares doesn't have to specifically be the event, at least not for me. Uh, it can be related to or the same sort of feeling, things like that. Um, one thing that haunted me for years, uh, once in a while, was the lonely feeling that I had. And through my dreams, I actually uh, started to to accept that. I don't know if you if, like. I'm I'm a little nerd that that watches anime from time to time. And you have like Naruto. There was a specific moment where he fights himself, but no matter what he did, he would always fight himself, and he would never win. Till he started to embrace himself. He started to win because he embraced himself. And I remember the dream specifically because it was a really, really scary dream. Like, uh, no matter what the dream was, out of a sudden, like that, no reason, no, no, whatever has to happen, I would feel a sudden, very lonely coldness, and everything would suddenly feel really real, you know? Like, nothing dream, like, everything suddenly felt real, and you wouldn't wake up. And I usually ran away from it, and then wake up disorientated, and, like, heavy breathing and things like that, you know? Like, the usual when you wake up from a nightmare. Yeah. Till one day, like, one, one, one dream. That happened. I was a mystery, but it was actually one of the rare cases as well. When during such thing, mystery was there with me. I was holding her hands, and I was like, "We need to run away." And run away with her. At one point, I was like, I felt a, a familiar feeling for one second, just one second, and I was like, "No, I'm not going to run away anymore." I, I, I stopped. And, and mystery asked why, you know, in a dream. I was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, no, "This is wrong," you know. I, I. I'm going back to it, and and I I walked toward that that dark feeling. It, it literally saw like a, a void coming toward me, and it manifested as as a shadow version of me. It was it, it's really trippy, you know. <laughs> but it it manifested as a shadow version of me, and I hugged it. It cried, and it merged with me, and I I woke up with a with a whole feeling, like that I was complete for some reason. It, it's it was really trippy. It was really weird. And when I tell him, I, I, I told my therapist as well, it was like, wow, that, that's really some movie shit. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that's one of the things that I feel like in my recovery that, that, that helped me to the point where I'm now that, that I actually accepted me on a, a, a subpar level as well, like subconsciously, instead of like actively. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> a lot of things. I don't remember more that, that, that triggered me or anything like that out of the top of my head. Uh, but it's like the major bigger lines of things that I had with my, um, with my PTSD. And yeah, obviously the trust issue was, was a big, big part of it. Um, actually to get on on that a little bit is how I combat that was to talk about it. I wanted to take, um, I felt like, um, did not sound like I take her for granted, but mystery felt like my safety net. Like no matter what, what I told, she would always be there for me to pick me up if something went wrong. And I tried to trust my feeling as well, like comfort my feeling, like it's okay. Do you trust this person to share this news? In the beginning, everything was no. 
<laughs> no, not gonna happen. Until some point, like, it's like, okay, maybe. I was like, okay, let's take it slowly. Like, it took me, like, five years to even make it roll out of my tongue, you know, but... I went, when I did say it, I felt relieved. Like, when I mentioned with the truer eyes, it felt like a piece of me chipped off. That was the issue for me. Like, a piece of me chipped off, and it, it cut, like, in, in a little pocket, you know? They won't even notice it's there. <laughs> but for me, that was, like, a huge part, and I started doing that more often and till the point that, that like the huge ball of clay like i mentioned it in the in the true eyes it became such a small tiny thing that i still carry with me because it's still a part of me definitely it's still a part of me but i decided to share that part of me with people just like i share my laughter and my, my smile and you know my good looks uh, sometimes <laughs> when i feel like it <laughs> You know, that, that <laughs> years ago, I wouldn't be able to say that. Just that specific last thing that, that I like. I was about to like. ask, did it affect your self-image, your self-conscious, you know, your yes. confidence, your, your personality? Did it, did it? Yes, definitely. Like, I, I still stay true to myself who I am. Like, the, the, the friendly guy that I, I tries to friend everyone and things like that, you know, but don't take bullshit anymore. Like, I, I, I refuse. <laughs> I still try to stay true to that, but I also um, realized I'm also worth to be there. And, I mean, come on, my beard is pretty awesome, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have beautiful long hair, you know? <laughs> like, my, my, my body shape is maybe something else, but I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> And you have a killer plushie collection, so that's pretty know, good as right? well. I know, right? Like, right? some people would be ashamed of that, but I'm proud of it. Like, <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of sitting over there, and there, there's some over there. Uh, like, a huge-ass frog that Mystery said no to, and I like, kept begging, and he eventually said yes. <laughs> we also have, like, a murloc that I got thrown to me. That the, <laughs> It's actually for Mystery. I gave it to her once. <laughs> I, I have lots of Pokemon. I even have next to my camera over here, like uh, from Natural Selection 2, a uh, gorgy plushie. I, I, oh man, I have it. Oh man, uh, she wants to show her Pokemon as well. So we also have a Vaporeon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I've got that one uh, on my yeah. shelf. I, I did have a Wampus, but I was beaten it oh, off okay. of the table. So, whoops. This is the last one, honey. I gave her this recently to her. What's for for the Valentine, right? I believe. I gave it to her. I was like, I, I want. She is so crazy with Pokemon, especially with trading card games. Like, last one. Told you. <laughs> okay. Um. Next yeah. question. Um. <laughs> Do you find that people treat you differently before or after your diagnosis? Um, a little bit. I want to say yes and no. Because, yes, because I was different before then because I tried to um, please people to some extent. Because of my self-worth and self-esteem being so low, I would easily let walk over me, you know? I've lost a few friends that I was befriended with for years and I considered my, my best friend for life. I've lost a few of them, but they, you know, sometimes people just naturally change over the years. Like people evolve and, and you know, grow up on their own way and we, we separated eventually. 
I think people but take I couldn't... that upon themselves a bit too much, actually. Um, just because <laughs> you lose a friendship does not actually mean that anything particularly went wrong. You're Rather just growing as people, and and sometimes you just don't grow in the same direction. Um, exactly. It, it takes years to get used to that idea, but... Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it happens. Sometimes you speak to some of the old people, and they're like, oh, how are you doing, and stuff like that. You know, it's all fine and dandy, but the, the, that's also usually it. Um, some people you separate more aggressively, you know. that It happens uh, sometimes here and there as well. Um, but that's... So that's why the yes and no, because no, I am who I am. But yes, because I learned to be more self-esteemed and, and pick up myself more and not take some bullshit, you know? And if they can't handle that, well, then, then we separated ways. So in a way, some people will look differently at me because well, I, I showed my true self, which they apparently never saw. So yeah, that's why the, the yes and no <laughs> for me personally. Um. I was expecting that to last 15 minutes, so that, um... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you, I'm rambling, I ramble a lot, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can make this last a bit longer. Also, yeah. uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure we can go through more plushies. <laughs> it's okay, I've got questions <laughs> lined up from the audience, so we're all good. Um, you know what, no. <laughs> From your experience, what is the stereotype around PTSD and how is the reality of it different? Um, well, a lot of people associate PTSD with, with veterans, you know, like um, war veterans that, that came back and they, they've seen a lot of shit and it, it can really um, fuck a person up, especially what, what they have seen and they can get violent. So some people uh, that I talked about my PTSD, they were like, oh, that's a whole different image than I thought. Like, I thought people were only, PTSD only happened to war veterans and that, that, that aggression could be possible. Like, no, it's not guaranteed, but it could be possible or loneliness or broken families and so on. Um, so that, that's one of the things that, that's um, one of the ways that people see PTSD. Um, next to that, they also think it's... Um, or they can think, you know, like I'm not talking for everyone. Um, yeah, so PTSD can happen to a lot of things. Like even, like me, sexual abuse or like parental abuse or uh, witnessing a really, really horrible event. And th there can be anything. Anything can happen uh, for people. Uh, because people react differently to situations. Like, yeah. one people can handle it totally fine and be like, okay, whatever, you know? And another people can just be totally broken about it and will never forget about it. So that's, that's one of the things, I guess, with, with PTSD. And um, lots of people also told me, like, well, just get over it. You know, like, the, the most common thing people say <laughs> or can say is, like, just get over it, you know? <laughs> uh, but I, I never just got over it. I, I had lots of years of restoring and difficulties, especially considering the place that I'm still in and not having the, the, the right environment either to like fully recover. Uh, it, everything made it tough, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I refused. <laughs>
<laughs> they put it real, real short there. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what what people see with, with PTSD is um, some certain, especially because of some movies. Um, you see it more often these days that, that that movies show more different sides of PTSD. So that's actually I find it actually kind of nice as well. Um, of course, it's never nice to have PTSD, obviously, but it it gives more a, a feeling to people that they are like, oh, so maybe I have PTSD, maybe I can do something about it and actually stop my recovery or anything, you know, like that. Because if I didn't meet Mystery, I would never know I would have PTSD, probably. Unless I I found someone else that was really smart. But <laughs> Positive representation is incredibly powerful. And I think it probably is one of the things, having, you know, negative or just kind of meh representation of things like PTSD that makes a lot of people go oh it's it's that you know it's it's the the disorder that people have gone to war have and it's like okay but that's yeah. probably because the only time it's ever bre like broached as a subject is you know oh, i saw saving private ryan it's like that was a very specific case with a very <laughs> specific like yes you know right uh, you know private ryan having ptsd made sense that character went through a lot of trauma but that's not the only place you experience trauma no, exactly, and that's also the way that people experience it. Like I experience a lot of concentration loss, and that I some mm -hmm. sometimes can just stare into the open and and just go into my own dream world, and then <laughs> people be like, "You okay?" You know, mm, <laughs> it, it's, it's so yeah. But I can't blame people either for the idea that they have by by PTSD because uh, even opening up about it is already one of the hardest things to do. So there may be a lot more people around you that might have PTSD without you even knowing it. But that's the case with a lot of mental things, you know, like people need to first open up about it before you actually realize it's there. And then you can actually realize as well there is more than just one specific thing. And given the timeline that we have now, um, there wasn't much opportunity for at least movies, I suppose, to show different sides of PTSD as well. Is there a particular... Um, film, TV series, uh, song that uh, sums it up for you quite effectively, um, or at least represents it in a way that you can no, associate no, I, I, to. I kind of want to say, um, um, what's it called again? I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, certain reasons why, for mm. example. That's... Yeah, there's also a song by Five Finger Death Punch that actually goes about the war veterans, but also like the different side of our veterans that, that some actually got back successfully and managed to, to restore their life, while others uh, might lose their family, started drinking, and you know they didn't know how to deal with it differently and things like that. Get that like, um, uh, you know, like homeless and things like that. It, it's really really powerful song if you ask me as well like the way they sing it as well i'm, I'm not going to sing it because i'm terrible singer, right? <laughs> what's the name of the song if you if you know uh let's see that was five finger death punch um what, what was it wrong side of heaven <laughs> that, that was the, the specific song um that, that they really that, that really touched me like as specifically on that like i have a lot of songs that i feel like relate to um 
but that one was specifically I felt like to PTSD and I guess as well um, there is also a different movie which isn't specifically about PTSD it's more about uh, anorexia I believe is to the bone and I also kind of felt relatable with that especially with the connectivity that was lost for so long and that they tried to restore it at the end uh, with, with the mother and the daughter. And it was such a beautiful moment, you know, like I, I really feel relatable to that because um, of my surfed connections that I had over the years. So that's also one that, that's, yeah, like I said, not specifically about um, PTSD, it's more about anorexia, but it's, there's also trauma in there, so. Yeah, it definitely seems to me that um, representations of PTSD and we can definitely corroborate this with what we spoke about with Wreck-It Raven, is they usually, cases of PTSD in media are only usually attributed to men or sort of male presenting people. Um, which is definitely interesting because some of the things you've described with PTSD and some, you know, things like dissociating, kind of staring off into space and, you know, having emotional reactions. Those are kinds of things that, you, you know, you'll hear the phrase man up or, oh, men shouldn't behave exactly like that, this. Yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, the entire cause of your PTSD is something that is usually only associated with women. Like, that, it, it's something well, that's usually, like, men, men can't experience that. It's only exactly, women. That, that's that also that. a thing. And then we can't speak about it if men experience it because it's something that only happens to women. So I'm actually very sorry that you've been a victim of the patriarchy as well. That was oh, a kind yeah. of a song I was going... It, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't. <but> also, <laughs> can I just point out, during this podcast, the reason that we all end up joking so much about things that are very serious topics is because mm -hmm. these are coping mechanisms. This yes. is how a lot, a lot of people with mental health issues disabilities, um, any kind of marginalized uh, group tend to deal with their situations that they have to deal with day to day. So do not take this as this taking it light. It is our way of coping yep. with these things. Um, and you will quite often hear a lot of people going through that. So just to point that out, we're not... <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I will say... I will say, especially among people going through similar things, like I may not have PTSD, but I am neurodivergent. So I do understand a little bit, at least from some of the symptoms you've said and what you've experienced. I, I definitely empathize and have experienced similar things. So sometimes we do make light of these experiences when we feel that we can all laugh at the same thing together. It's, it's not a joke when the only person laughing is the one telling the joke. But gallows humor is incredibly important to people trying to deal with situations that happen to them because being able to laugh at something is a very specific part, I think, of recovery from any kind of malady, as it were. Being able to actually look a thing in the face and be like, is, is quite powerful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I in, in a way, you can also look at it like this, uh, because they, they usually say, like, laughing is the best medicine ever, you know? And you can look at it like this way. when The first moment you're able to laugh about such serious thing, 
is also for me at least the tipping point that you can actually start um letting it go to an extent like i have personally managed to let go a lot of my ptsd which i never imagined be able to do so and that happens a lot to laughter as well next to sharing obviously and i also want to add on top of it uh with, with the mentioned earlier with, with the stereotyping um no matter who you are what you are or so ever it's always okay to share your story it's always okay to share your emotions there's nothing shameful about that and i wish my family would have learned me that sooner so i wouldn't have stick with so long with this problem because my family was also like just man up you know uh just get over it uh something like that whenever it was an issue and i was i was a crybaby when i was little you know i was so emotional very fast even before my ptsd uh, event happened i was always that and then ptsd amplified it so that's nice you know <laughs> start crying about everything <laughs> but that's another thing isn't it it's that men are very often made to feel inferior yep. for expressing emotion and crying yep. when it is an entirely natural process that you are supposed exactly. to feel like you are supposed to have this reaction when you feel that way and exactly crying is literally a physical response to the manifestation of cortisol and adrenaline in the body which causes the eyes to dry out so crying helps lubricate them you're being told not to lubricate your eyeballs <laughs> like that, that's one way to look at it yes you look better with dry eyes stop it <laughs> look, i censored myself halfway it's, through it's that sentence okay. from big <laughs> to tell you more clear eyes <laughs> <laughs> not breaking down things into their basis explanations like when we spoke with wreck it raven we came to a realization that racism it is at its basis form exists because somebody's ancestors live closer to the middle of a rock and men are told as children not to cry which is basically telling them how dare you feel stress and try and lubricate your eyeballs this world yeah, is no. weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. That's why I personally hope for a world that sometime that they would just accept Where each other can for lubricate, lubricate freely. Yes, yes. <laughs> and live at whatever point on the rock they would like to live. Like honestly. No, exactly. You know, like I like that rock. I'm gonna live on that rock. You know. Wet eyes and country. That's what we need. <laughs> No, exactly. Like I, I feel like people need to be wherever they want to be, but don't feel like you need to be. You force other people to be like you. Yeah. Like people are unique, and that's the most beautiful thing about humans is that they are unique. What I find beautiful, one of the few things. <laughs> right. Sorry, a, uh, a comment in the chat just got me, and I was blindsided for a moment. <laughs> Master Mage, loop up your eyes. <laughs> Please don't. Put you know what? No. Not a silicone-based. You will have so much trouble. Don't do that. Don't oh. do that. Not even kids. Hey, there are some silicone-based eye drops that are amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not going to say what just came into my brain, but Jesus. I mean, I've been censoring myself for a good 15 minutes now, so it's. <laughs> Honestly, but yes, I I definitely think that going back to ptsd specifically 
it's very much seen as a men's disorder. But most of the things associated with it, and you know, in terms of its symptoms of response, are deemed as unmanly. So I can see why it's so difficult for, again, especially men and male sort of identifying people to come to terms with it and to actually say it out loud. I can imagine that's incredibly difficult to yeah. actually embrace those emotions and then sort of say, oh, maybe this is something. No, exactly. That, that, that is hard. And it did definitely help that I eventually got like a, a group of friends that, that accepted me and be like, oh man, you, you cry, whatever, you know, just cry. <laughs> get it over with, you know? <laughs> that's the fastest <laughs> way to get it over with. Literally, that's what I also say to people. And they're like, I don't want to cry. I'm like, just do it, you know? Just why not? Why stop yourself? I mean, if you're gonna struggle against it, it's gonna only take longer. So if you if you really don't want to cry, just just get it over it. You know, <laughs> that's one way to do it. That, that's one of the rare cases that you can actually say get over it. You know, you have to go through it. You can't you can't yeah, just stop exactly. and look at it no. and be like, I'm not going to cry and say I'm going to be stunted emotionally for the rest of my life because I refuse yeah. to cry. I'm not gonna show any emotions. Yeah, there yeah. has to come a <laughs> there has to come a point where you have to go through it. Yeah, definitely. And Most of the issue yeah. is, uh, uh, m people experience is trying to deny feeling. Yes. Yep. I... <laughs> like, most of our issues of being able to address how we're feeling is usually because we don't want to feel those things and therefore fight the actual feeling of it when, in reality, feeling it would help make it a shorter process. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> oh dear. Actually, um, wanna uh, get back to one more thing. Actually, of one of the things that I experienced with my PTSD is uh, very much on the social aspect. Uh, because I notice now, like I I'm very comfortably talking with you guys. You know, like definitely. But that's also the thing. I have like a hard time uh, because m mostly because of the PTSD as well. Uh, at least for me, like there, there, there are tons of reasons that can orange in it, but that's like uh, reaching out to people to even talk like, Hey, how's your day? You know, like it consumes so much energy for no freaking reason to just ask people, Hey, how are you doing? How's the weather? You know? <laughs> yeah. Just, just simple things like that. Uses and too when, many when... spoons. No, mm -hmm. Exactly. Just exactly that. When people come to me, I can usually like chat like a whole story out of nowhere for no reason, but but just reaching out to people or holding contact or like even visiting people's stream, even though how much I would love to do it, I I have issues with it, especially when when I'm well, yeah, out of spoons mostly for that day. Then then just curl up in my blanket and let me like I'm gonna sit here in my chair and I'm gonna play Minecraft or whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, something relaxing <laughs> it's an incredibly normal thing because when you approach somebody else you have essentially opened a floodgate and you allow them yep. to to share with you you've invited them in whereas if somebody else approaches you you are invited to their space it's it's a very different sort of mechanic i do find a really good way to deal with this is actually if you if you want to say something specific you can just say hi do you have enough spoons to speak about x or do you have the time and energy for this? If not, I'll come back later. <laughs> like, yeah, that would definitely, definitely. Just be, that tends to be just... my usual response now, because, like, again, I have extreme difficulty approaching people. Um, it's something that I 
extremely struggle with is is trying to make any kind of connections with anyone yeah. on the internet or on a social level um, uh, anywhere Arthurus, else so. <laughs> Arthurus will actually <laughs> knows exactly what i'm on about because the amount of times i've gone <laughs> yeah. so i just yeah, have no, to imagine there was an entire spiel there it's like okay all right yep. got it yep. <laughs> i never lost in the conversation though <laughs> I, I i i don't feel comfortable reaching out to people i i don't want to disturb people i don't want to disrupt their day i don't want to add to their stress because the thing is, is i'm thinking about how it would affect me in those situations and it's that kind of reflection of self onto another person when really that's nine times out of ten just you <laughs> yeah. and they have no fucking clue no exactly <laughs> but it's yeah it is extremely difficult for for people in in those situations with that kind of issue with trying to connect socially um because of previous experiences and how it's affected their mental health um no definitely and um one of the things i also noticed is uh doesn't have to be specifically the ptc just like the thing that i mentioned uh but that is origin for me at least is i have troubles looking people straight into the eyes because yes. i know like I can see what they feel through their eyes because they're they like looking the windows to the mind, you know, and I've, I know cut that well, <laughs> and I can see the same through my eyes, you know, <laughs> that's one thing that I, I was never able to mask. And that's always like, I, I, I was like very shortly and look away, shortly look away, shortly look away, you know, <laughs> it's, it's super annoying. And sometimes when I feel really confident and I have all a kind of energy, I can like stare at them down, like, watch me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's, yeah. a, that's a rare case. It is an on and off switch, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it, 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 like, like I can look in your eyes or I can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not in between or anything, you know? It's one or the other. <laughs> Are we doing this staring competition or not? Because... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those that I've always used a, a theatre trick to get over, which is not to imagine they're naked, because that's even more awkward. But if you, uh, <laughs> if you look just right like here, just yes. right above their yes. eyebrows, like because like the turret eye or something, you know? Exactly. And if you're doing the same with the webcam, look at the outer ring of the webcam. Because that way nobody can bloody tell, but you're like, oh, look at that wall! <laughs> oh, I, I've got googly eyes on my webcam. <laughs> of course you do. So I can try and make eye contact with Eye contact practice for the day. <laughs> if I can stay longer than two seconds, I feel accomplished for today. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, right, shall we move on to some audience questions? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm pretty curious. I'm pretty curious. Um, okay, so first question is, what help did you find most useful to helping you deal with your PTSD? Uh, my wife's love and support. Um, just in general, a person. like I, I specifically mention my wife now, but just in general, like a person that you can trust, um, helping you through the difficult times talk a little bit about it you don't even have to talk a lot about it but just just the feeling that you feel you, know? you don't have to talk about the event but just the feeling like i feel like shit is is literally enough it just share some of it and that that's how it um it helped me to, to get uh, through it okay 
yeah i mean i think we covered that pretty well um yeah in general yeah, I, mean, but... I can talk more about it but i think there are more questions so. um oh, sorry i had a complete fibro fog moment was just like Ooh, <laughs> and then realized <laughs> what hey, the <laughs> <laughs> Oh crap! <laughs> it's okay. I I feel that. Do you need like a so Red Bull or anything? You know, <laughs> probably not advisable. <laughs> no, I already took one earlier tonight. Reminds <laughs> me um, of when I was a teenager. My friend uh, Hannah, one of my very best friends. I don't remember why, but every time she would drink a Red Bull, she would go, "It gives you wings," and so I just had <laughs> flying boobs every single time. <laughs> Just Ripple gives you wings, right here. <laughs> and my dad's a politician, I think he knows about my screen, so... Hi! <laughs> oh god, please. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Wing tits. <laughs> We're trying to deflate away to ascend to heaven first. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the curves in, in some pictures make sense. Now the, the portraits that they make. Back straight. Curved and things like that. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, next back question. To the topic. Um, <laughs> what is the main thing you would recommend medical professionals when it comes to providing help with PTSD cases? EMDR. That is the, the number one thing that I recommend and it's recommended in general. I will say upfront, even though I would love that it helps everyone, everyone experience it differently, obviously. obviously. I know some people that took it longer. I know some people that it, it didn't help for them, but it's um, definitely the first step. Can you uh, explain what that is so that people know? All right. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a big professional, but EMDR. <laughs> I know the basics of it is... Um, what does it stand for? Uh, what What is it? I, I don't know the exact <laughs> letters and, and words for that. But it's sensitization response or something like that. Yeah, it, it's, it has to do with the eye movements, uh, rapid eye movements. Um, some can do it with the fingers, some do it with the lights. Uh, the, the basic concept is, anyways, that your eyes move a certain way on a certain tempo. It feels comfortable and gets you in a, in a sort of a trance, I suppose, you know? And they will walk you through it by talking to you. And with that, your mind, uh, like you, literally your brain, will start to suffer certain connections because you're... Uh, get to a certain place during the therapy that you can let things go on a, on a subconscious way. That, that's the best way I can, like, personally describe. Yeah, eye movement, desensitizations, and reprocessing therapy. Thank you. <laughs> Expect that. I'm gonna get distracted. Again. <laughs> that's all right. This is why I barely We're looked so at the mature. chat. By the way. Like, like. Just, we've just been having lots of Pokemon discussion. I never wanted to like. grow up anyways, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to be a Pokemon master! Um, <laughs> right. Okay, so you think that that's probably the best thing that, that you could recommend? Yeah. What about For... medical professionals just uh, approaching you as an individual? Um, the best way to do that is just go to the most local doctor, I suppose, and tell your story about it and no, no, how... the medical professionals. What? Like, not, not how do you go about getting the diagnosis as a, someone who is oh, suffering no. from PTSD. 
as a medical professional, what do you advise dealing with a patient? Ah, so, it, you know, as a doctor, how would you recommend they deal or with nurse. something in your situation? Yeah, as a sort of a general medical term. Yeah, well, like, not even dealing with it, just, just <laughs> approaching it in a sensitive way. Oh, uh, that's actually a very good question. <laughs> it's from a registered nurse, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a nurse myself, you know, but um, one way when if, if someone comes to you with, with like um, something like that, the, the biggest um, thing for me at least was is to feel understood. And I guess that goes for a lot of things. Uh, try to understand and give them the comfortable feeling like it's okay. You're, you're safe now, you know, and we're going to take it one step at a time. Like not, not rush it with lots of information or anything like that. Just take it one step at a time because for the point that it, it, it's either surfaced naturally or by telling it, it's already a huge step on its own and required a lot of energy. And for me, I, the last thing I wanted to do was getting scared away, <laughs> you know? Mm. Like, everyone experiences it differently, of course. But that um, that was for me the case, at least. Like, I wanted to... I wanted lots of information, but in, in steps, you know, and I, I didn't yeah. want everything at once. So that, that's at least, yeah, that's what I suppose I could share on that. Kind of how you would approach a, this is going to sound insulting. Um, I was going to say like a stray cat where oh, yeah, well, exactly. you, you're going to try and you want to give approach it like the, the, the patient is going to be fearful of pretty much any of the interactions and you are going exactly. to have to slowly coax the patient out rather than think diving straight in there and getting it over and done with and lots of information and lots of uh um overstimulation is is going to work oh exactly i didn't mean it's to compare you to a stray cat but you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> No, but it, it is exactly like that. Like, in my honest opinion, it is exactly like that. Like, the, the person that comes to you that, that opens up or surfaces uh, the issue, you know, like some people open up about it, some people just explode. They are so incredibly vulnerable on that moment. And you need to take the, you need to handle that with lots of care, in, in my opinion. So, it's exactly like a good example is a stray cat or a stray dog or just. Anyone you that, don't know that, how it's that... going to react, therefore you have to approach it with caution. Exactly. Yeah. Because everyone reacts differently as well. There, there isn't like a handbook for, for things like this. There are just some guidelines, but there, there isn't like specifically, okay, you, you have this, we're going to do this, and it's done. You know, that, that, I wish it was that way, but it's not. So yeah, you need to, you need to also examine like what kind of PTSD it is and the trauma and so on and so on. And just slowly go into it and let the person mostly tell their experience and their feeling and never say that their feelings are invalid. Because that is one of the most horrible things to do as PTSD, because that's how I closed up before I met Mystery. <laughs> because people told me it was invalid. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to generalize, um, because mm. this is something that we all are <laughs> quite no, 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 used it's, it's to. It's a general thing. Um, uh, having done to ourselves but um medical professionals in my experience and from other people's experience that i've discussed this with tend to 
belittle your particular symptoms because yeah. either it doesn't fit into their neat tick boxes or because they're trying to rush through patients. Now, I completely understand having worked in the NHS myself, why that is, <laughs> and <laughs> it, having experienced the stress on that side too. But it is a, it's a really extreme problem of people... It is. Yes, basically treating patients as though they are making things more dramatic than they should be or that mm. their pain or experience isn't valid and that in itself is counterintuitive towards it general is. healing. Um, and I will say, sorry, based on a comment that I just saw, because I wasn't going to say anything, and I just saw a comment in the in the chat that made me think, I think most of the people we've discussed with this, uh, discussed this with, at least drag, are all female presenting. Mm. We've not heard this be an issue with male presenting guests that's or true. people we've spoken with. So that's not to say that, oh, if you're a dude, you'll be fine. Fuck yeah. Like, don't <laughs> you get that trauma sorted? Like, you I may wish still... that was true. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. to. Put... That's, and that's not to belittle what you had to go through. Oh, no, I, mean, it, I mean, it's an obvious demonstration that you've experienced this yourself. But. Mm on the other side of things there is a strong issue with women being told that their symptoms aren't as valid because of periods and yes. pregnancy yes. um I... <laughs> have you tried getting <laughs> pregnant that'll solve your uh, cancer yeah <laughs> i I've seen a lot of those issues with mystery as well. When she went to therapist, and she mentioned it, uh, some uh, specific case as well there, where, where it just got thrown on things. And I'm like, why? There's some valid things. Like people experience everything on their own way, even mm -hmm. if it's because of period. You need to make it valid. You know, like maybe it is. Even if it is a little just because of a period, isn't that enough no, exactly. of a reason? Because seriously, if you had a period, <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's imagine with those feelings and having a period. You know, like <laughs> holy hell. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that 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 is the thing that that's um that was my biggest fear as well for going in therapy in general. Like I had depression and I was like, I gotta deal with it myself because I don't want some therapist. I don't want it because. Of the Weishan mentioned before, like making it l belittling a little bit or things like that. I have heard stories about that from friends as well. So I was terrified for a therapist. Mm -hmm. Once I noticed I had PTSD, I was like, oh, this goes beyond me. I won't be able to repair that myself. I need help. It doesn't give away or take away that I was terrified to seek that help. And taking that step was a huge one. There's a good point but, in yeah. chat there. Um, one of the best ways of approaching this exact issue that so many of us in general not even just women men as well obviously as you've just demonstrated is to take someone with you yes you can obviously you are your own biggest advocate this is one of the themes that we've been talking about constantly through this is you have to be your own biggest advocate because no one else is going to be and no one else knows your situation as well as you do but taking someone with you who is close to you who has seen it firsthand will help yep. immensely because they can't it, it helps a ton yeah they can't contradict two of you <laughs> exactly 
yeah if you can't or you don't have somebody or like in dragon's case before they met mystery <laughs> what you can do just for general knowledge is make notes i know it sounds really boring sometimes it's a bit cringy or a bit awkward but it's almost like having a second person with you because you won't have a perfect memory, especially if you go to a doctor and tell them about your suspected PTSD and you're frightened and possibly not explaining everything well. And, you know, depending on who you are and what you're like in a certain situation, having an actual written set of memories and feelings yeah. and thoughts and triggers and explanations and medications and what you'd eaten that day it sounds stupid and laborious but it's like having a second person so even it if you don't, yeah even if you don't have another person you can trust even if you know you can't say wherever you're living you can't have a medical proxy and somebody to help you take evidence if you can even if you need to write it down and put the false state because you had to backdate you remembered that happened as long as you have a record you will be able to be more confident in yourself that that's truly happening because mm -hmm. we lie to ourselves and we're told hey yeah, i'm sure you're not overreacting it's like i'm pretty sure i wasn't but maybe i was it's like no no no, no, no. be See, your own best advocate especially if with most of these uh, issues that we've been talking about lots of people have memory issues brain fog mm. uh, oh yes <laughs> Yes, I forgot that one. Major memory issues. Right? Concentration <laughs> issues. Right? Mm. The problem is, is that they are seeing a snippet of your entire life and they're exactly. only seeing the part that you are presenting to them. And so many people are very good at putting on a mask. Don't trust what streamers look like when they're on stream. Um, separate point. Uh, <laughs> but just because they only see that small snippet and you're all giggly and happy and and mm. ah, yes 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 i'm i'm just going to get this over and done with because i have anxiety and this is killing me but i'm going to get through <laughs> this because i have 10 minutes um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could have run them back out you know <laughs> yeah, the cat, um, the cat, where's the cat <laughs> <laughs> but just because that's how you present and that's all they see you have to oh, be able to give that the rest of the time. It really experience. helps to, to like, uh, like you both mentioned, like write it down or anything if you don't have another person. Like I personally, myself, I don't always have the best speech <laughs> in terms of like trying to explain things. And Mystery was there a lot of time to help me explain things or remind me of things that I forgot because you're already telling like a waterfall of things. It's natural that you forget that one fish on top of the waterfall, you know? It, it's natural. And it really thing. helps when that little tiny detail uh, gets added, you know? Like, it, it can help a ton for the person that's trying to help you. So writing things down is also naturally a good way. Or like mm. uh, Mr. mentioned, actually, recording it, like voice recording it. Anything that you can do to bring along, especially on the moment itself, if you're alone. Write it down or record it because that is the exact feeling that you feel. And that's what you can show them instead of like, yeah, yeah well, I kind of feel like they, but I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. You know, that that's. And quite often when you are talking to on that particular day, you are feeling fine because you made it to the appointment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So. And you're prepared <laughs> for, for three days and you're finally there. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, I'm feeling okay. Yeah. I was it, shit the like, past three days and I wouldn't have made it here had it been <laughs> in those three days, but 
You know, I'm feeling all right. If you're listening and you've never had an issue like this, try and remember last time you got a paper cut. What was the exact sensation? What did it feel like? Burning. Do you, do you, yeah, <laughs> like burning. Do you remember? Did it bleed? Did it? How did it heal? Did it heal straight? Did it get jagged? Did you catch it again? Did it pull? Do you actually specifically remember what that pain felt like? Or would you need to feel it again? Do you to... even remember which finger it was on? Exactly. Like, is there is there a scar? Is there anything that's been left? If you can't remember anything about a certain type of pain, how are you going to remember how you felt in the middle of a traumatic situation? One of the things I usually forget is if I put on or put off the the, the lights in the bedroom when I just get out, you know? Like, like simple things like that, that are natural things that you do all day, or like you're suddenly open the fridge and you don't know why. Walk into the kitchen. <laughs> Those are also like little things that... that your mind can do weird things, and it really helps just writing it down. Sensations and thought process, especially the thought process. Right. I think we went on a huge rant tangent, but it was important to yeah. say. So, <laughs> um, no waste of time. Okay. Next. No, it wasn't a waste of time. It was good information. We needed to talk about it. Um, just aware that we've got three more questions. Um, okay. What would you advise people with PTSD who are trying to find their first step in recovery? Um, the first thing, I suppose, is trying to at least find one person to talk about it. doesn't have to be, like, instantly professional because, like, that is one of the scariest steps that you can take. But just opening up about it to at least one friend that you know you can trust can be really, really helpful. At least for me, it, it, it's... I felt very good for a few good months because I was able to release all that that's emotions and tension and all that. So I personally think that's, for me at least, that was one of the best things I, I done, opening up about it. Yeah. And then look for the next steps. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. No, 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 that's, that's fine. I mean, at the end of the no, day... Definitely. Jack's got a question, so I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, at the end of the day, you're not you're not here to give like a step by step of how to deal no, with but... PTSD. You're like whatever you feel like you want to share that you think might help gives someone a step in the right direction. But at the end of the day, everyone's journey is different and has to be approached in a different way. Um, so don't feel <laughs> No 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 definitely like I, I wish I could say more but I yeah. try to give like general advice because that I feel like that's the most helpful because I can give you step by step very specifically what helps for me. It doesn't mean it helps for you. Mm. That's why I want to do the major biggest step that I feel in general or for not specifically PTSD related, just in general, is opening up about your problem. That is the biggest step ever. Uh, for me, because that is the first step of recovery. So yeah, acknowledging it pretty much actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, has streaming affected your mental health at all, either in a positive or negative way? A little bit of both. <laughs> uh, in the beginning, it was sort of negative because there was like a certain stigma, you know, like you need to grab so as much as people, people as possible, grabbing communities and things like that. And 
pushing yourself to the limit because you need this amount of hours to stream and so on and on and on. Uh, so in the beginning, that, that was actually uh, affecting me negatively because I used way too many spoons that I had. I grabbed spoons from my neighbors to, to <laughs> throw at my screen, <laughs> so to say, you know, and then burn out massively. So in a way, that, that kind of um, did it negatively for me. And for a while, um, when I got sick, I got to the hospital and got out of it. I didn't stream for quite a while till actually last December, I believe, when I started streaming Fesmo. And ever since then, I picked it up again. But mostly with the mentality, I want to stream for my own. I, wanna, I just want to have fun. I want to share my experience and I want to make people laugh if I can. If not, then at least I had fun doing whatever i'm doing like i want to do it for me i I love people coming in and i definitely love people watching me but it is for me not my major thing i just want to have fun and that really helps me and me mentally as well especially when people come for me because i show myself as who i am and who i'm not like i did in the beginning it, it gives me a good boost for myself as well because people come more often because they they come for you you know and it, it a confidence boot and and that way it does uh, does help me um positively mentally cool um okay last question which is probably going to be a real easy one um mm -hmm. do you have group meetings with other people that have ptsd like aa i personally wish i had but i didn't uh, I think it would have helped me some more or at least speed up the recovery to some extent because you will have people relatable uh, with you uh, that you can talk about and openly talk about and experience the, the things together, you know, like the recovery together. I think it would have been helpful, but I was always scared to even look it up. Like, I don't even know where to look to begin with. And I didn't know really a lot of friends or anything that, that had PTSD. Um... So, no, I, I personally wish I had, but I didn't. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure in some areas that are um, such groups, it may not specifically be PTSD orientated, but it is definitely mental health recovery orientated. If you are in the UK, there's definitely MIND that have a... Mm large number of different types of classes to deal with different situations and peer support um if you are looking for that um but yeah in in this particular situation it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely i i believe there is definitely out there just in general for mental health um i must add on top of that it doesn't help that i wanted to do things alone because i felt alone for so long to begin with so that, that's kind of stuck on, you know, during the recovery. Eventually I learned to not be alone and, and just accept help and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, to be given, I also didn't really look up because I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot like that. I, I keep thinking like, I, I should know that, that in some sense. But... No, no. <laughs> no referring to yourself as an idiot <laughs> for not doing something that later down the line you think would would have been good you, it, it's a process it's a learning process you can't fault yourself yeah, for that so and do that, not refer to yourself true. as an idiot for that <laughs> you're not an idiot for not knowing something 
Okay, let, let me put it like this, like, like a cute, ignorant boy that I was. <laughs> <laughs> I had no boring. idea where to look. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I could have actually Googled it, I suppose, at some point. But at the same time, I was just too busy that with myself. Is... No. No, I, like, I, I was too busy with myself. Exactly. Um, the thing is, but... a lot of mental health um, support is group focused and in my opinion that is not the best way to approach 90% of mental health issues because often there is anxiety and there is mm -hmm. social anxiety and there is distrust I actually realized why I never looked it up now <laughs> Right? <laughs> and yet so much of it is group focused because they, again, they're trying to cut corners and trying to put as many people into one space as possible and get them all over the and done with in one. So, and I know that sounds harsh, but it is the nature of our mental health services, the fact that they are underfunded, they are, that they haven't got the resources, they haven't got the support that they need. Um, but for some people, group therapy really does work. And later down the line for situations like this, it is helpful, but you need to get to that point before it can even be of use. So even at the start, it's not, it's not something that you should be like, oh, I need to Google this and I should have thought of this. It's. Yeah, I don't know. It's like all things uh, when you look back and it's always easy to look back, but when you also realize on the moment itself. It isn't that easy. It, it nine out of ten times it just isn't that easy. And yeah, it, it's it, it's also an experience that, that for some people it's nice, for some people not. And I guess I I was just too stubborn as well at some point, and I was like, I gotta do this myself. You know, <laughs> I don't need help. <laughs> so that that mentality also didn't help in there but in the end i don't regret anything what i've done and how my life has gone because um of course i would have wished some things were went differently but if i could go back to do anything differently i wouldn't because the risk of losing special things and memories that i have now is not worth the risk it, it, it just isn't for me personally no i agree so that uh yeah yeah I mean, there's certain things that I would remove from my I mean, I can think of a few things as well, but at I the same time, the I'm same like... things, but... <laughs> I mean, I have done so weird things, and... I... But the, 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 the learning process after that, not so much. It, 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 it's exactly like, it, it crafted me, even though the most silly and stupidest thing you can imagine, it, it crafted you to the way that you are now, is what I feel like. And I don't want to change anything for myself right now. That's why I will not, I will refuse to offer if I can change anything. But accepting <laughs> who you are right now, in this present moment, is where all mental health support is really aiming towards. It's, no. it's to get you to that point where this present moment you're okay with being you. Oh, exactly. And no, uh, I'm a proud of you. <laughs> so you should be. Um... <laughs> 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 
I think that was mystery. Yeah, yeah mystery no. said, I love you. <laughs> she was yelling there. <laughs> this is... Right. Well, that was all of our questions. And that was, that's time. Um, proud of you. Yeah, not love you. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for you for the year. Yeah. I'm proud of you. That's what you are. Oh, I'm sorry. I have my headset on as well. I don't hear. <laughs> uh, I, I'm also proud of you and I also love you, honey. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and talking uh, to us about your your experience and and your thoughts on this topic. I, I, it was extremely interesting, and uh, I hope it was helpful to uh, people in chat. Um, oh, well, I want to say thank you as well to all of you for inviting me over here and you're welcome for the conversation. I, I found it very lovely and I was like, it's maybe weird to say that, but I always love to talk about it because it, it still helps me today. And I always hope it, it helps someone or just at least clear up some questions, you know, like people have questions and if I can answer them, I would love that. And I'm always open for questions in general, um, anyone ever it feels like. <laughs> Any last remarks from anyone? I want to say that, that I'm super proud of you guys for doing this. Like giving people a voice and being able to share their stories like I just did now and people before me. I'm, I'm super proud of you guys being able to pull it off as well. So that's what I want to say. I'm, I'm going to give a clap for you guys. I hope the, the chat will clap with me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you, you guys deserve it, like definitely. Like you, you guys definitely deserve. It. So thank thanks for the much. opportunity. Well, and thank you for giving us your time. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we can't do this without you guys. Um, I mean, otherwise this would <laughs> this would this would basically <laughs> this would basically be us talking uh, to each other about our problems. Um, and honestly, uh, we are boring, so... <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we could keep it going for at least uh, about four, five episodes. <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to throw... Yeah, just get more people a policy collection. It, it, it works, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well... Um, if you'd if you've missed any of the podcast, it will be up on Anchor um, eventually once I um, uh, edits it um, for you to catch up with it. Um, our next one is on the first of April, um, which is out of um, turn, but it's a a specially organised one um, about periods. Because, oh, you know, yes. you want to listen to us talking nice. about periods for two hours. <laughs> um, We're talking about vaginas, discharge, uh, and cramps. Believe me. Periods. Yes. Sounds like a wonderful evening. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, there is also the Through Our Eyes uh, stream on Saturday, which Arthurus, you like to enlighten us again well uh so yes this saturday coming between the hours of 12 p.m gmt and 10 p.m gmt 
Um, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a long and hosted by myself and Mouse was taken. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We have thirty guests, uh, all from across the LGBTQIA plus sphere. We are also going to be raising, hoping to raise two thousand five hundred pounds for a UK based uh, charity which helps out gender nonconforming and trans youth and their families. We have already raised nearly fifty pounds. And it hasn't even started yet. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But that's going to be an incredible chat with a lot of incredible people. Some who we've never seen on the stream before. Some who are returning guests to help ease the others into it. And surprisingly this time, some people who aren't necessarily in the public eye. For the first time, we actually have a couple of uh, older teenagers joining us to talk, uh, talk about the education system and healthcare as a young person which is fantastic. I'm really excited to hear their perspectives and, you know, putting themselves, you know, just outside of the lion's den, essentially, in front of all their peers to, to talk about the stuff they find incredibly important to them. And so I'm very excited to, to help give them a platform. So yes, as I say, this Saturday, between 12pm and 10pm uh, GMT, it's on my channel, so twitch.tv slash and it will be updated onto YouTube uh, 24 hours after. Right, and um, if you'd like to submit questions for the next podcast, there is a form for such, if you want to find out about periods. Um, <laughs> and also... I will be streaming from 1 till 4 and then be on Arthur stream 4 till 6 on Saturday because I am doing a co-op stream with Stacey of Gotham for Overcooked. Um, nice. So, thank you guys for joining us. I hope you all enjoyed this. Um, I, I am going to throw one more thing quickly, another wrench in because it is another charity event that I would like to mention. Uh, so towards the middle of April, so I believe it's the 8th of April, we will be doing a discussion with uh, Daydreamer Dan uh, about mm. AAPI hate, essentially. So Asian and Pacific Islander hate. There has been a rising number of attacks across the world on Asian people. There's a lot of reasons why, but we're going to be discussing that with an Asian American person who has lived experience. So Dan is going to come and talk to us. We will also be fundraising on that day. So there will be uh, some stuff posted on social yeah. and on stream. And we would love if you could help support some people who are really, really feeling the heat right now. Yes. I don't know. I just thought that was too many podcasts in. No, no. <laughs> They're happening. I will tell you about cool. them. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got quite a fun-packed uh, month coming up, to be fair. But yes, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to follow outside of streams, do join on the social medias, the Twitters and the Instagrams. And if you guys have Facebook, I'm not entirely sure if you guys have fa Facebook, but I have no. Facebook and never used it, and I should. Uh, <laughs> Right, so Twitter and Instagram no. is generally a good shout. Um, if you would like to keep in contact outside of stream, do join the Discord and where all the shenanigans happen. But yes, hopefully you had a good one. Hope you have a good rest of your evening. I hope you have a good rest of your week. And we will see you guys soon. Say bye, guys.
Adiós. Bye. 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 Bye